So um, <clears throat> this evening I would like to uh, offer some reflections on the five aggregates. And I realized that uh, last night it was the five hindrances. I promise tomorrow it will be a different number. <laughs> Maybe six. We'll see what happens. When we encounter our experience more directly and intimately as uh, can happen uh, on retreat in our practice at times, we may have uh, different kinds of experiences or moments when maybe it's not so obvious what's happening or who we are or what things mean. Maybe um, sometimes we have uh, experiences that are revelations, maybe small ones, maybe big ones, where we see something really differently. And there's that kind of, oh, you know, how could I have not known that? It's so obvious. <laughs> now you know it. Oh, and so and the world can look different. Um, so part of that experience may be, well, so how, how do I know what's real? If I thought that and then it turns out to be this, and so feels like part a lot a really important part of deepening our, our practice is our opening to this uh, experience of perplexity the word that Stephen Batchelor uh, offered. Of, hmm, what is, what's going on? I, as I was reflecting, getting ready for this evening, there's, I know, as I can't remember, it's a, a teacher that I'm sure I heard Stephen quote, where he say what, that some teacher is saying to some student in the Zen tradition, what is this thing and where does it come from? <laughs> imagine it being kind of in that rather and this came to my mind what is this thing and where did it come from so that's what I'd like to try and explore a bit this evening and um Also, um, 
when we when we look into any moment of um, suffering of dukkha, we might also ask, well, what what do we find there? What what's going on? What's what's happening? And uh, the Buddha points to some particular misunderstandings or misperceptions that uh, take place, which uh, cause us suffering. And these are the perception of, of permanence and uh, where there is none, and the perception of uh, solidity, where there is insolidity, insubstantiality. And the perception of uh, satisfaction, of uh, the capacity of things or the conditioned world to provide us with any lasting happiness or place, you know, ground, kind of, right, okay, yeah, got it, okay. (laughs) And that because we habitually misperceive, we, we suffer. And if we can see, if we can, if we can learn to perceive correctly the insubstantiality, the insolidity, the fleetingness, the changingness, the impermanence, and the lack of, of anywhere, anything in the conditioned world that can really do it for us. If we can really open to that, train in that, practice perceiving that, be open to that, there is uh, the possibility of uh, freedom and the the understanding of suffering in its end. So when we talk about Dukkha, the, the Buddha often describes this as the five aggregates of clinging. So I'd like to to talk about these, and particularly in relationship to a question of 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 what is what is at that experience of feeling like we are a me or an I, or a, a self, that sense of self, which we might see as a very, you know, yeah, of course, you know, my sense of self, right? right? Do you feel like a self? I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's become really questionable. Uh, what is that? But that actually, a lot of our sense of our suffering actually comes from a kind of clinging to that, a kind of uh, un, almost un, unconsciously, this is that 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 a clinging to that is what is what is is productive of so much suffering, and that it is in analysing and investigating and seeing uh, how we cling, what what we're clinging to, in a way that actually helps us to to loosen the grip, relax the grip, and then we can begin to discover well who. What 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 can our life be then? What 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 does that do to to experience? So something just to explore. This is 
very much for me it's it's kind of not to make any statement about there is a self or there isn't and but this is very pragmatic this is about this is again about suffering and understanding how to practice with our with our life with our experience in a way which can can open us up and free us and free us up so that we can uh, be of more uh, benefit in in the world and experience more happiness so we might say well yeah, that sense of self what is that like if you just you almost like right now you know what does that rest upon or what is that you know and perhaps in the in the this this a relative stillness of, of a retreat we can begin to, well you know and then in our life we're sort of it's it's so much you know busier movement is maybe harder to to really understand we might see it, experience it you know but to actually have be able to see investigate what is that what is that what does it what does it rest upon what what is it and if you kind of look for it so so this is why the buddha is again is genius of giving us giving us these wonderful frameworks where we can kind of go through and sort of look and say okay so um, this this sense of self, which clearly you know is sort of something like that, is 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 there. That we could say, I like this idea that there's a there's a subjectivity without a subject. Just just take that as a kind of possibility, just <laughs> something to explore. Yes, there's definitely something going on here. You know, we're not denying it's not. It's it's very much this middle way between substantiating something and saying yes, it's a this, and I'm right. And then the other experience, no, no, nothing exists. It's all, you know, it's nihilistic and annihilationist. It's not that. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in the middle, where we're just saying, "What is this? And what is happening?" So uh, the the these five aggregates are really uh, oh, the, the limitations <laughs> of language. We might we might better think or feel or perceive them as processes, aggregations or aggregating experiences where it's really an arising and passing of experience that we, we manage to sort of glom, you know, I like that aggregate, ag, ag, this, this idea of things sticking together. So we get a sight, a sound, a, an idea, a sensation in the body, we put it all together and say, I feel really, you know, upset about, you know, my mother or something you know that we sort of put it all together you take it you t- you take that all apart and this is this is where we can um really begin to have a sense of the possibility of a, a, a relationship with life which is which is much much more immediate um which is much much more about in a way reality Rather than our, our concepts and our our ideas about it. So if we look into the first ag- aggregating, experiencing process <laughs> of form, form. The, the, let's take the body as as really the one of the key kind of you know here it is. We can really explore. We've got you know there's this body and 
we can explore as we have been on this retreat so far. And we can, we can look into the body and there's lots and lots of ways that we can investigate. But to, to see, you know, all the different ways in which the body is, uh, mm, you know, not personal. It's a, it's a body that was born and again that, that whole sense of being able to see as a body that ages and gets sick and being able to, like somebody was saying, sort of look, looking at your hand sometimes seeing, oh, you know, it's a hand. Where is the my? Where is the my in the hand? Is there any my in there? Where is that? Once I, I, I don't know, you could try this. I want to done it a few times, you look in the mirror and just look at your face until the me disappears. Quite interesting experience. And then it's a bit like, oh, quickly you look, oh yeah, there I am again, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> very kind of, you know, very possible to, you just keep looking and then eventually it's, it changes, it's just nose, eyes, and then, you know, anyway, you could explore and see it kind of it starts to break, you know, it starts to kind of simplify somehow. Oh, form, colour, shape, and quite, quite interesting. Um, one, of, one of the ways that the Buddha often talks about, like, going into the, the experience of the body and, and, and experiencing it as the four elements. Yeah, for that solidity, earth, water cohesiveness, sense of the thing kind of being kind of all joined up and connected. Of fire, warmth, light. And what's the other one? <laughs> air, thank you. <laughs> um, so the air element and that that, that being movement movement, particularly the, the breath in and out. So it's just kind of feeling going through the body and you can do that as a meditation or you just can, can kind of tune in to those four elements in the body. Where is the me or the, where is the me or mine in that? Um... Maybe one of the ways, again, that we, we, can, we can really feel like there's a sense of self that rests on the body is, you know, our ways of holding tension. I was, walking, I was doing walking meditation and sort of thinking about, well, you know, where is a sense of self? And I realized it, 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 so it, it's like in the way you hold your shoulders. So you could, another thing to sort of experiment with is the way you're sitting, the way you where you f- feel, you know, when your body does not feel like completely at ease, maybe then you have a much subtler sense of self, you know, that may be much more diffuse and kind of open. And just think about, you know, when there, when tensions arise of various kinds, it's like, ooh, sense of self, sort of me and mine, can re- especially if it's unpleasant, but maybe even if it's pleasant as well. It's very interesting. Or the way that we hold ourselves, these sort of patterns of, of holding, 
So remembering that the mind is an embodied experience, when we come into the body, we're actually, we're actually sort of finding out a lot about the mind and ways, of, ways in which the certain mental patterns, and we've talked about this with some people today, you know, the way they show up in the body, you know, the way you hold tension in the neck and the shoulders and the back and just to kind of get a sense of that as and see how how much a sort of sense of some aspect of, of identity, you know, I'm the one that's got to get it right or, you know, I've I'm the one that's gotta carry all the responsibility. You know, there's probably some some things like that that are really associated with that. And that then that by relax you can you know, it can work both ways. Maybe you're relaxing the body out of that. Actually, that sense of self has hasn't got so much traction, ground, and and maybe you know it can work the other way around as well. If you locate those sorts of views, those sorts of self views, of obviously you can, you you know you can sometimes they're more obvious than others, and that relaxing that already seeing that's like the body can kind of, oh, and that 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 then where is the sense of self then? It kind of can open up, become much more unclear in a way. There's a wonderful exercise from a book um, called The Buddha Brain, I don't know if you know, by Rick Hansen. And he suggests uh, this wonderful exercise that you, you taking the body for a walk. And just very briefly, the idea of this is that you go for a walk and very much with the you know, simplicity of walking and just kind of walking around, seeing sights and sounds, and and then just watching for a sense of self. See if it arises, see when it arises. If it does, how does it arise? Is it, what's it associated with? Um, and is it strong or weak? And he suggests, and well, there's, actually there's another exercise in that, another book um, by Jack Cornfield called The Wise Heart, where he's just you're taking a whole day and... Just kind of look and watch that rising and, and falling and across a day in different ways it constellates. And, and when in doing that, the different kind of relationship that begins to, to emerge with whole senses of who we are. So that kind of moves on into the second, um, I'm doing it in a different order than they often in, but anyway, consciousness. So how much of, for example, a sense of who I am comes from you open your eyes and suddenly there's you there and me here. Oh. <laughs> sense of self arising. Or then say if you're outside in the garden and you're, say you're with a tree, it's like tree, me, <coughs> me and the tree. It's like what kind of sense of self arises there? So it's it's to look to look at how our sensory consciousness provides us with material that we then kind of make experience out of. We we establish some kind of a, a sense of self that's sort of in that experience. Now, if we if we, I mean, obviously each one of these could take a whole evening or a whole. But anyway, just to briefly. If we if we if we look at the experience of say seeing, 
Where is the me in that? You have I, you have object, you have I consciousness. I'd like to to read one of my favourite texts from um, the Buddha. And there are many, many translations of this. It's called Advice to Bahya. And he was uh, this guy, he wore bark. He was a bark-wearing ascetic, bark of a tree. And so he got to the Buddha and the Buddha gave him this advice, this teaching. And I think this this sums up so much. Uh, so I'll read, it, read this translation to you. Whenever you see a form, let there be just seeing. Whenever you hear a sound, let there just be hearing. When you smell an odour, let there just be smelling. When you taste a flavour, let there just be tasting. When you experience a physical sensation, let there just be sensing. And when a thought arises, let it be just a natural phenomenon arising in the mind. When it is like this, there will be no self. There will be no moving about here and there, and no stopping anywhere. This is the end of dukkha, the end of suffering. So we might be walking along feeling really depressed, for example. Just that, you know, that, that, what that is. And we might ask, is, is my seeing or is seeing depressed? Can you see how that, so you see what that does? I actually, no. Hmm. So then, can I really say, you know, I am? There's one whole part of experience that seems to be free of that. So, what about hearing? I was hearing depressed. So, so, so we can. You see how practical this is. It's it's very powerful. We can, we can really use this. So the third one, feeling, which I won't say too much about because we talked about it this morning. Um, but one thing I wanted to add to what I was saying this morning was the, is the conditioned nature of feeling. I think this is so helpful. For example, I used to hate olives. That seems unfair, isn't it? A little olive. How can you hate? It's just this little fruit. But anyway, strong feeling of aversion, you know, and dislike and so on. And um, at some point I decided I could see other people really enjoyed these. And I thought, well, you know, so I trained myself to like them. Now I like them. What happened? What happened? The conditioning was changed. 
I mean, okay, a lot of our habits are, uh, you know, a lot more troublesome in, in olives. But, you know, this is what's possible. And, and then, well, you know, it's like, so, well, yeah, there's a sense of self so much, isn't it, based on what I like, you know, and I'm this person and I like this and I dislike that. And isn't that so much what we say about and think about, you know, uh, about ourselves? I, I also... For a very, very long time, when I was very young, my foster father had a Jaguar car, and he loved it. And and I love, I love Jaguar cars. I don't even drive a car, but and I, at some point, particularly like decided to like the shape of the Jaguar XJS. I don't know if any of you know that car. There's beautiful shape. <laughs> now the interesting thing about this is, is this is conditioned. And so there's, there's actually a process there that it, it also involves it's a perception, perception of feeling. We'll go on to that. But I, I walk along and I will see a car and I'll go, hmm, that looks nice. And I'll go, oh, blimey, it's a Jaguar XJS. That's happened to me so many times. Can you see what's happening there? It's something that's set up in the mind. And so the... Feeling, it's 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 conditioned. I'm ready. I'm ready to see that and feel that. And so, surprise, surprise, I I see it. I, I spot them without even trying to. So you see, if you when you see that, you see the conditioned nature of feeling. You know, you know, I could probably train myself to dislike them. I'm not. I'm going to bother really. It, it, it's really possible, isn't it, to, to see? And like I was saying this morning about sunshine and it starts pleasant and gets unpleasant. Then maybe it's pleasant again. I don't know what happened to you today, but to to understand, to see how to see how conditioned that is, and 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 oh, you know, how much are we saying about um, who we are, and what happens to the sense of self? when we start questioning that and seeing the condition and seeing the sort of contingent nature of that and the shifting nature of that. Who are we then? So, um, intention. And this, I don't know, this may be um, one, one of the places where we most identify, we most identify I like uh, Ajahn Suchito, it, it calls it like propellant. I really like that word. It's, this is the volitional impulse. You know, this is the, the moving, the, the, the going, to, going for something, the, you know, that movement to just do or get or uh, get. Ooh, just, it's a kind of, it's that energy, which is not, it's, it's not... Um, Necessarily thought or rational. Um, it's not. It, it's not even. I think it's. It's not even emotional. It's. It's. But again, it's conditioned and, and patterned. And to to see that um, we can um, learn to. Drop below the level of, you know, mm, the the thoughts and the opinions and the 
um, even even the behaviours and say and actually go right into that basic kind of impulse and learn to feel to feel that when that's that when that arises and to learn to actually know that and sort of hold that so that we're not so driven that that, that we that we don't just um, kind of follow it because it's it's often they, they don't they they just have so much kind of fuel energy in them so we're really called upon to cultivate skillful skillful intentions because they in a way they these 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 patterns are um, shaping in a way all, all of our all of our experience of actually even the way for example there are patterns yeah that shape our habits of perception and attention as, as I was just saying now what we attend to what we what we might look at in our own experience you know we just look at ourselves and all we see is a big bundle of you know I don't know unskillful habits or something well that's 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 a a, a, a formation that's a, that's those are habits that we can we can learn to look differently so going on in, into into perception um somewhat briefly um let's see Again and again, we think we know. We know what something is, or we know. Uh, and again and again, we discover that it's not, it's not quite how it seems, but we seem to just basically keep operating on the assumption that what we, what we perceive is somehow kind of absolute or totally accurate or that's the way it is and and to be able to see perception as a more a kind of provisional as more provisional i think is really helpful i like this i love this image of the post-it note which i've picked up and i use a lot when you you might put it on things you know on your own experience on the situation that you're involved in even on someone else to say well it's a post-it note you know there might be further information and then i you know actually I can change my my sense of that. Sometimes on retreat, I know pe- people you know speak about this often, where you you just you get a perception of someone, and then you come up with this kind of thing about who they are and how you you know, and then a whole set of stuff about who they are and that you don't like them or you do like them, <laughs> just on the basis of some perception and then at the end of the retreat maybe you get to speak to this person and you're totally shocked because they're nothing like you thought you know and how we can it seems like we're you know so 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 much of the time we sort of keep building these sort of you know castles in the air about ourselves about other people about about situations so to be able to see that we that we we create these uh, these perceptions, and that we can uh, we can learn to see things differently. One other thing I wanted to mention on the level of, of perception is the propancha, the proliferation with perception. 
and how helpful it is to see to see that I give you one example this happened to today I noticed I was listening to the sound of the cottonwood wind in the cottonwood tree I noticed how my mind then flipped to a thought of the cottonwood trees in Bedford where my dad lives and then I thought of my dad and it was like there I was off and away now not so much harm in that because I kind of caught it and there was just kind of okay it's just what happens but I can see at times that could have easily become a whole then story of oh and my dad and this and that and you know different feelings that are set off and just from that simple perception of the sound and then the sight of that particular tree and it's not there's anything necessarily wrong with that but to see it to know it so that it doesn't lead to suffering is really the point isn't it and this is what we're part of what we're training for on on retreat is so that we can we can see these processes and we can we can uh notice and and let go and and respond skillfully so when when we consider the sense of of self and what it's what it rests on we might kind of be cautious about getting caught up in at least from for in terms of this talk and a sort of very pragmatic approach to this for being caught up in kind of more sort of um thoughts about well who am i and am i this am i that but it's more to look into our actual experience and see what's really happening and that if we can learn to live in a more fluid with a more fluid mindful um awareness of these of these processes and and there's something i think you can sort of learn to use so that it maybe it sounds like a bit of a clunky list and i oh, know what was the first one i've already forgotten the second one never never mind but if you want to to pick that up and learn it that it's something you can carry around and and actually use and you know to to look into your experience and say well, what's actually happening here what's happening what have i got hold of if there's some fixation or solidity where you you sort of lock into some particular perception or feeling or or a sensation um and then that's it and and then you're kind of in it we don't we can we can actually learn to substantiate in that way less and less we can learn to do it when it's helpful you know when it's actually helpful to sit there and be somebody because there's somebody who needs you to help with the washing up or you know it's we can, we can kind of take form and manifest and respond in a skillful helpful way um but that even in order to do that do we need to become somebody do we suddenly need to become the helpful person who's going to you know help with the washing up right it's it's more like it's just more that this a sense of of flowing and being responsive to conditions isn't it and responding and 
and seeing what's needed because you're in touch more with your seeing and the and the perception in a clearer, more open open way. I'd like to read you something that Ajahn Sichito said about this, which is uh, very, very much struck me. I don't know if it will you. He said, You don't have to substantiate anything when it's not a substance. It doesn't have to be released from anything. We, we desubstantiate all experience. It's all ephemeral. There's no core unit in it that needs to be released from it. And if you get a sense of that, if we can, if we can see how we cling and grasp and fix and solidify and substantiate a sensation, a feeling, a thought, a sight, a sound, an intention, if we can if we can feel how that then we can actually begin to see that we don't have to do that. That there's a way of through the process of meditation, of this of the calming, of the of the looking deeply, of being able to allow things to arise and pass. And then the freedom, the freedom to be able to be intimate with life, you know, be be right in our life, be present, be present with others, be present with the world. Uh, in a way which is more immediate, you know, more less complicated by greed, hatred, and delusion. So Ajahn Buddhadasa says, Nirvana is the coolness of letting go, the inherent delight of experience when there is no grasping or resistance to life. It is always available. It is always available. This is, this is our practice. We don't have to let this be some distant lofty goal. What is it like right now to just feel a, fee- feel a feeling and oh, just let it be? You know those moments when we can just uh, meet our meet meet experience and and just be with that flowing, changing, insubstantial nature. So I'd like to finish with uh, a a quote from Albert Einstein. He says. A human being is part of the whole, called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical illusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us. 
restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. So may we learn to understand who we really are and may we learn to to look deeply into our experience into life may we learn to let go of that which holds us in a small, small place, narrow place, so we can be part of uh, the the vastness of, of life. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.